And this is what it says. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me. Though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going to go astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold to the original conviction firmly to the very end. And has just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard them rebelled? Were they not all of, them of Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not all who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that he would not, they would not enter the rest if, they, if, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that we were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Let's pray. Father God, we pray this morning that we will hear what you have to say to each and every one of us. Lord God, we pray this morning that we will be encouraged, that we will be built up, that we will be challenged by the Holy Spirit. And we pray, Father God, Lord, that you will give us the ability to do what you call us to do as a result of spending this time together this morning. Be with us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I may have told you this story before, so forgive me if you have heard it. If you have heard it, just indulge me for a little bit. But a few years ago, I went down to Portsmouth to run the Great South Run. I was working for my previous church at the time, and I was doing this particular run in order to raise money for a project that we had at the time. Now, I was in pretty good shape going into this. I'd gone into this run week after week after week, preparing, going out for practice runs and all of this. It's a 10-mile run. Portsmouth is incredibly flat. It should have been really, really easy. Anyway, the night before this run, I was down in Portsmouth and I was staying with one of my friends. And I foolishly said to this friend of mine, what do you think that I should wear during this run tomorrow? And he turned around to me and he said, well, Luke, if I were you, I'd put a compression top on because it's pretty cold. Now, it was pretty cold. It was October at the time. It made sense to wear a compression top. If you don't know what one of these tops are, they're like these base layers that when you run, they keep the heat in. Now, I'll be honest, I don't really need much encouragement to put one of these tops on because what happens when you put these tops on, it kind of sucks all the flabby bits in and actually makes you look quite good. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah, all right, I'll wear one of these tops for this run. So that's exactly what I did. I put this top on. And I went out for the run the following day. Now, I didn't notice when I got up on this particular day that the sun was shining. But there was me in my compression top, and I got out there, and I got to the start line, and I realized when I was at the start line that actually it's beginning to feel a little bit warm. 
Now, as I was at the start line of this particular race, an uh, announcement comes over the tunnel, and it says, ladies and gentlemen, this is extremely rare for this time of year, but it's 18 degrees, and it's only going to get hotter, so we now have a warm weather running plan in place. Please make sure you keep cool, and please make sure you keep hydrated as you go along this run. So I'm thinking to myself at this point, flipping heck, I'm going to boil. What am I going to do for this run? Now, I had a T-shirt on over the top of this compression top, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I could just take this compression top off, throw it to the sides, and be gone with it, and just wear the T-shirt. But it cost me £40, and I'm a bit of a cheapskate, so I thought, no, there is no way that I'm going to do that. I'll just run after all. What is the worst that can happen? And sure enough, on that day, I set off, and I was pretty pleased with how I was going. I was running at the pace that I wanted to get around in. I was doing really well. So much so that I got to the eight mile mark and I spotted the official photographer in the crowd and I stopped and I pulled a pose for him just like that. And I carried on running. And I was doing really, really well. And I got to the 500 meter mark towards the end of the race and suddenly something happened to me that I couldn't quite fathom. My legs went from underneath me, literally. I started to feel incredibly, incredibly dizzy. I did not know what was going on. And someone, a steward from the crowd, came out and he grabbed me by the arm at this point and he said, don't worry, I'm going to help you. I'm going to make sure you get over the finish line. Now, being a good Christian boy, I don't know too much about this, but I'm told if you drink a certain amount of alcohol you can feel yourself getting a little bit dehydrated, and what happens at that point is you can become quite aggressive. This is what happened to me at this particular point when this man grabbed me by the arm, like totally out of character. I'm trying to push him off of me, still stumbling at the time, and I'm going, no, no, I'm going to finish this race on my own. All the time, my legs were getting weaker and weaker and weaker until I was literally leaning on this guy. And I got across the finish line with this guy's help. And at that point, he calls out, we need a wheelchair. And all of a sudden, this person comes on with a wheelchair. They put me in this wheelchair. They wheel me off to the medical tent. Suddenly, I've got three three nurses around me, one who's just flapping a piece of paper in my face trying to cool me down, one who's spraying water in my face and one who's taking my blood. So I didn't know what was going on but what it turns out was that I had severe dehydration from the fact that I'd heated up so much and lost so much fluid on the way around that I found myself in this tent for what seemed like an absolute eternity. As we continue our sermon series today, I want us to look together at what it means to be church as family. And when we do, I want us to focus on the art of encouragement. Because here's the thing. Unless we're skilled in encouraging one another, what happens as a church is that we can so easily end up tearing each other apart. Unless we're skilled at the art of encouragement, a little bit like what happened to me on this particular run, we can be going along thinking everything is fine and we're going in the right direction and everything feels okay, only for our legs to go from underneath us and things to begin to go wrong and utterly cause us to stumble. And let's face it, if you're a Christian here, you will know at times that when it comes to your personal walk with Christ, it can be so often that we find ourselves feeling a little bit out of kilter and off cause. And generally what happens is we don't really know how we get to that point. It feels like we're going on all right for a certain length of time, then all of a sudden everything feels different. 
And the writer of the Hebrews that we just read together this morning realizes that if we are going to get through this and we're going to be the people that God has called us to be, then encouragement for one another must be at the heart of who we are. The writer of the Hebrews realized that for the Jews that he was writing to, those who had chosen to follow Christ, he knew that their life was going to be difficult from this point on, that there would be a temptation for them to give up and to go back to what they had always known. You see, because when they accepted Christ as their Lord and Saviour, it effectively meant that they were different from those around them. It effectively meant that they were now outcasts and they were social pariahs, that they had no place in the people that they were once with. And what we see here in Hebrews is that the writer of the Hebrews compares this generation of people to the generation of Moses and the people that he led out of slavery and on the way to the promised land. You see, what happened on that journey is that as they made this transition from slavery towards the promised land, unbelief set in along the way. And all kinds of things began to happen among that community of people. They built a golden calf in order to worship. They started to moan and they started to complain and they started to say, we had all these wonderful things back in slavery in Egypt. We want to go back there. Unbelief caused them to miss ultimately what God wanted to do in their life. And what we see in our passage today is Moses is comparing and contrasting the things that they went through with the things that believers went through here. And he's warning them that they need to guard themselves against falling into the same patterns as those people back in the wilderness. You know, when it comes to us, we live in a generation, don't we, that on the one hand is so connected I mean, could you imagine going through the pandemic that we have just been through or we're still going through 10 years ago? Without the likes of Zoom in our life and live streams in our life, what would it have been like to go through this pandemic then? On the one hand, we are so connected, but at the same time, we can be so disconnected. You've only got to look at social media, haven't you? You see, what social media often does for us is it gives us this kind of false sense of connectivity, where we see a picture of what someone's had for dinner on Facebook or Instagram the night before, and somehow we feel like that we are connected to people and we're connected to their lives, when in fact what happens is we are incredibly distant from them still. And so often, The challenges about being church and being family together fall into a similar vein, don't they? On the surface, we can be so, so connected. We'll say hello to each other briefly on a Sunday morning, or we'll say hello to each other on a live stream when we're watching at home, and yet at the same time, we can be so disconnected from one another. And the glue which holds us together, that keeps us going, which keeps us walking with the Lord and being strong in our faith, is learning to truly encourage one another. The key to not being blindsided and stumbling is ultimately encouragement. What do we mean when we're talking about encouragement? Biblical encouragement is not simply about complimenting someone's new hairstyle or telling someone how good a cook that they are. No, those things are important. Yes, we should look for those things and tell people when they're doing things well. But biblical encouragement is so much more than that. 
Biblical encouragement is this kind of shared hope which lifts our hearts towards the Lord. And it points people to the evidence of God's grace in their lives even when they cannot see it for themselves. And what we see in the New Testament is that encouraging one another was really a central pillar for who the early church were. We see this in Acts chapter 13 and verse 15. After reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. Acts 16 verse 40 says, So they went out of the prison and visited Lydia. And when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. Acts 20, 1-2 says, After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and he had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. And there are four things that really I want to touch on this morning about biblical encouragement from the passage that we've read together in Hebrews and what it means to be an encouraging community and why it is so important for us to encourage one another. The first is simply this. We need to encourage one another to avoid an unbelieving heart. Verse 12 says this, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. If you know the story of the Israelites and the promised lands, you'll know that after they left Egypt, the whole reason that that generation of people missed out on the promised land was because of their unbelief. Moses sends 12 spies into the promised land at one point to look at the land and to see what's going on in the land and then to come back and to report to everyone everything that they see. And as they do, 12 spies go in, they see the land, they come back and they tell the people what they see and they say, the land's brilliant, the land's amazing, it's flowing with milk and honey, it's everything that we've ever dreamed of, but there's no way that we can take the land. You see, there's a problem. That land, it's full of giants. We haven't got the resources, we haven't got the manpower, we haven't got the ability to be able to overcome them. That was the report of 10 of the spies anyway. Two of the spies, who went by the name of Joshua and Caleb, gave a different report. They said, we should go up and take the land because we can surely overcome all the obstacles with the Lord. Ultimately, what happened is that the voice of encouragement was drowned out by the voice of unbelief. And as a result, the people were kept from God's best. You know, I love playing sport. I would describe myself when it comes to sport as a jack of all trades and master of none. I can play most sports to a reasonably good level and, and compete in most sports. And what I figured out along the way, and this is just my hypothesis, you can argue this with me till the cows come home if you really want to, that playing sport generally is about 20% skill and 80% in the mind. For example, when I play golf, I like to be a little bit naughty at times. And as my opponent is lining up their shot, I like to just whisper in their ear, it's a big bit of water in front of you there. I'll try to watch that if I were you. It'd be a real shame if you shanked this shot right now. You want to watch out for that bunker because I can see you ending up in it if you're not careful. And you know what happens generally? 
is when you sow that seed of doubt in someone's mind, it's very hard to shake off. And all a person thinks about as they're lining up a shot is, I've got to watch that water now. I've got to watch that water. And you know, that is exactly the problem that we can find ourselves in as Christians, isn't it? The Bible talks about the fact that the devil is roaring around like a prowling lion. The devil is just waiting there to whisper in our ears, we're not good enough, that we'll never make it, that God doesn't really care about us. Would anyone really miss me if I wasn't here? And the key to overcoming that unbelief in our lives and that unbelief in our hearts is encouragement. We are called to get alongside people and show them the grace of God that is in their lives even when they can't see it. And the way that we do that is through my second point this morning. We need to exhort one another daily. Hebrews 3, 13 says this, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You see, it's only when we take the stance of encouragement, not just every now and then, but daily, that we genuinely avoid the risk of our hearts growing hard and cold with unbelief in our life. It's why the community of believers is so important in Christian life because it's in that relationship with one another that we find that grace and that encouragement to carry on in the fight. Let me ask you something today, church. Who have you encouraged recently? Notice when we look at Hebrews chapter 3 as a whole, and I'd encourage you to go away and do this for yourself in your own time at some point, how much is required here too, the frequency of it. In Hebrews chapter 3, what we see is the word daily is mentioned eight times. That points to the fact that the church community, the church community was never meant to be a convenience that we fit into our lives. It was never meant to be, if I've got time for it, I'll go along to church this week kind of thing. The church family is meant to be a commitment. The problem is, the temptation is that we simply do church when we feel like it. But here's the challenge. What if we don't do church when we feel like it? But what if we do church because someone else needs you? You, being part of the family of believers, can make the difference between someone carrying on with Christ or giving up completely. You see, it's when we commit to the cause, and I mean truly commit to the cause, that we find ourselves being blessed and also being a blessing to others. Your very presence in the community of believers builds us up and encourages us to keep going. You are needed. You are part of the family. And with that in mind, I want to issue an invitation again today for our partners course this evening. If you consider Hope Baptist Church to be your church and you are not a partner here, I want to ask you this morning, what are you waiting for? We need you. You need us. We need to walk this journey together and encourage each other in the fight. If you want to sign up for it, it's really easy. Just simply go to our Facebook page right now and the very first post that you will see on our Facebook page is the link to sign up tonight. 7.30, it's a three-week course. We're going to be talking really about what it means to be a partner. And at the end of it, there is no obligation to commit to being a partner. If you get to the end of the course and you're like, no, nah, it's not for me, that's great. That's fine. But I want to encourage you, if you consider us to be your family, 
Let's do this together. Let's commit to one another, walking this journey together and helping each other in the fight. Hebrews continues and brings us, therefore, on to our next point. We need to encourage each other to combat the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews 3.13 again. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know, the problem with sin is it presents itself to us as a want, a desire, a need in our lives that we just can't live without. It presents itself to us, doesn't it, as something which is extremely pleasurable often. Otherwise, we wouldn't find ourselves getting entangled in sin. But once sin is given into, what we're left with is the rubble of the destruction and the brokenness that we have created as a result of that. Sin is a brutal liar. And though We know that sin causes us pain in the long run. It lies to us in the moment and tells us that we need it. And as a result, it's so easy to give into it. What helps to defeat sin in our lives? Many things help to defeat sin in our lives. You look at the life of Jesus, what we see when he went through temptation in the wilderness, he stood on the word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. There are many things which help us in the battle against sin, but what the writer of Hebrews points out to us here is that sin is defeated when we walk in community, when we encourage one another daily. Why? Because on our own, our weaknesses are exposed. On our own, we are an easy target, easy to pluck off and pick off. On our own, we're more likely to believe the lies that the enemy feeds us. And it's in any walk of life, isn't it, that there is always strength in numbers. So let me ask you again today, church, who have you encouraged recently? Finally, by encouraging one another, not just every so often, but daily, we enable one another to fully partake in Christ. Hebrews 4 and 14. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. The word share that the writer of the Hebrews uses here does mean to fully partake. It's a have it all, nothing is left on the table kind of experience of Christ. It's the kind of experience of Christ that Jesus himself talks about when he said, I have come to give you life and life in all its fullness. And once again, what we see is that is enhanced in the community of believers. I don't know about you, but generally, when I'm feeling hurt, when I'm feeling discouraged, I just want to give up. I just want to go home. I don't really want to see anyone. And I just want to wallow. I don't want to partake in anything. And in so many ways, I'm sure we can all identify with that over this last season. In so many ways, as the church of Jesus Christ, we have faced times of discouragement, haven't we? And I wonder if the reason we found ourselves at times being discouraged in the way that maybe we have is because we haven't been able to fully partake in the community of Christ as we once did and as we are called to do. Sure, Zoom and live streams have been a blessing to us and they will continue to be a blessing to us and continue to be part of our long-term strategy going forward. But genuine fellowship and thus genuine encouragement to fight the good fight and live for Christ is not found in 
in a Zoom room or on a Facebook live stream. The encouragement has to be found in the people of God genuinely being family together and walking together, loving one another and encouraging one another daily. So where are you at right now, I wonder? In the time that the writer of the Hebrews was referring to, the people missed out on the promised land and they failed to partake in everything that God had for them. Why? Well, verse 7 says this, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as they did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me. Though for 40 years they saw what I did. This is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Today, as part of the family, as part of the church family, God offers you the ability to fully partake in Christ and everything that he has for you. But it has to be more than simply attending a church service. It's about truly doing life together in a way that we walk alongside with one another to stop our hearts growing cold and hard and full of unbelief, in a way that our attitude and our conduct towards one another points one another to the grace of God in our life, to see the evidence of him working in our life. I wonder who you need to encourage today. I wonder who you need to get alongside, to tell them to keep going, to remind them of God's love for them, to help them see what God is doing, even when they can't. You may not know where to start when it comes to encouragement. You may not know who to start with. I'd encourage you to start by simply praying. Ask God to make you an encourager and give you an encouraging spirit. Ask God to show you those people within our family who need encouragement right now and reach out to them. And then make encouragement a discipline in your life. Choose to daily find someone to encourage. Choose to daily find someone who you can point them towards the grace of God in their life. I wonder who God is putting on your heart to encourage right now. I wonder today if there are brothers and sisters here in Christ who need the encouragement of Jesus right now. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And then I'd love us to actually do a bit of encouraging this morning and to encourage one another in prayer. So I'm going to pray in a minute. And if you are here in the building this morning and you feel like you need a word of encouragement today, I want to invite you to come forward and to allow us to pray for you. Now, I'll be honest, sometimes, church, when we have times of ministry, we're not very good at praying for one another, I don't think. People will come forward and they'll ask for prayer. And what generally happens is we kind of put a hand on their shoulder and we say, dear God, bless this person, amen. Boom. They're back to their seats, and that's it. You know, sometimes when we pray for one another, we need to stay in the moment with that person. We need to ask God to reveal to us what he would have say to that person. We need to just stand shoulder to shoulder with a person and maybe even cry with people when they come forward for prayer if that's what they need. 
If today, church, you are here and you are in need of encouragement for whatever reason, whether life's tough, whether there are things going on in your life that have rocked you and knocked you sideways, I want to invite you to come forward as the band prays and then we will come and pray with you. And we'll ask God to reveal a word of encouragement this morning for you. So I'm going to invite you to stand if you're in the room. And as the band get ready and they begin to play, let's, let's turn our hearts towards Jesus once again this morning. Father God, the truth is that we all need encouragement. We all need to be encouraged daily to keep going, to keep our hearts soft, to keep focused on you. And Lord God, I pray for encouragement here as a church this morning. Lord, I pray for words of knowledge for people who are in this building this morning. I pray, Lord God, for Bible verses to rise in people's hearts, for pictures to rise in people's hearts that they might be able to share to encourage one another this morning. And Lord God, if there is people here this morning who need a specific encouragement, I pray, Lord God, that this will be a time of hope for people here. That they'll come forward that they'll be prayed for and they will receive encouragement from you and from one another. As we respond in song, Lord, may our hearts be encouraged. May our eyes be turned towards Jesus. And may we know you near. Have your way, we pray, King Jesus. In your holy name. Amen.